both locally and at the state capitol, are taking this very seriously, making this a priority. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with the timeline. And again, I'm optimistic something happens this, this fall and, and we get going. I'm optimistic that you're optimistic. Thanks, my friend. Good to talk to you, Rick. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 713 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Want to play you a bit of a song here. The sound will likely be familiar to you, but this is original work. See if you recognize sort of the flavor here. One, two, three, four. That is from the rock musical Run Bambi Run. It's world premiere at Milwaukee Repertory Theater next week. You picking it out? Michelle, I know you'll get it. Love it. Yes. This is the Violent Femmes lead, leading man, yeah. Gordon Gano. The music is original stuff created by the Femmes Gano. Musical tells the story, of course, of Lorenzo Bembenek. WTMJ's Libby Collins spoke with the Rep's artistic director, Mark Clements, about why they chose to tell this story. I don't think there's anybody who's lived in Wisconsin for any amount of time who is not familiar with the story of Bambi Bembenek. But when did it get on your radar? And why did you say, this could be something? We were doing Lombardi by Eric Simonson, and it was just after the Packers won the Super Bowl. And at the time, you know, we had people like Paul Horning and Bart Starr around the joint and kind of being involved, and Vince's daughter. And so it was just really interesting to be part of that and watching Eric Simonson, who'd had a history with the rep prior to me being here under Johan Reddy's tenure. And I was like, what's on your radar? You know, it'd be good to do something new because he was a writer as well as a director, and I was interested in another story. And he said, well, there is this story about this person, Laurencia Bambenic. And I went, run, Bambi, run. And he was like, how do you know that? And I was like, I don't know, actually. But I do remember the basic part of the story that this woman was accused of killing the wife of her cop husband, who was the ex of Christine Schultz, who was murdered tragically in front of her children. And there was stuff going on, like how she was invited onto Dr. Phil and then ended up jumping off the balcony and having a leg amputated. You couldn't make this stuff up. And you can hear Libby's entire conversation about the world premiere of Run Bambi Run with Milwaukee Reps Mark Clements. Her interview coming up on Sunday at 11 a.m. right here on WTMJ. Sports is sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Sports up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. NFL football is officially back. The Detroit Lions opening up the 2023 season with a nice 21-20 victory over the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, on Thursday night to get things going in the world of football. The Packers preparing for their Week 1 showdown with the Bears. Jordan Love will make his official start as QB1, and he's looking forward to to beginning his journey against the rival Bears. Yeah, and no, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I mean, it's always exciting to you know open the season, get the first game on um, rolling. But uh, for an NFC opponent, you know, rival rivalry game, it'll be very exciting um, playing there in their stadium. So uh, I'm sure it'll be a packed house. Everybody'll be excited for Week One and uh, ready to put on a show. 
The Packers did hold another practice on Thursday. They did get some good news. Receiver Romeo Dobbs did return to action, and he reportedly looked good. That's coming from his head coach and left tackle David Bakhtiari, who missed a few practices this week. He says he's expected to play on Sunday, as did his head coach, Packers Bears, kicking things off at 325 on Sunday afternoon. From the NFL to the Diamond, where the Milwaukee Brewers will begin a three-game set with the Yankees in New York on Friday night. The Brewers with an off day on Thursday, but actually gained ground in the race for the NL Central with the Chicago Cubs loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks with that loss. Milwaukee now leading the division by two games. Brewers-Yankees coverage getting underway tonight, beginning at 5.30. Of course, you can listen to all of that right here on WTMJ. And lastly, Michelle Vince, we got to talk about a tough job here that does not get talked about enough, and it was on full display Last night, the Dodgers were in Miami to take on the Marlins when Freddie Freeman ripped a double down the first baseline. That was fair, but the ball boy thought otherwise. Take a listen. Freddie dumps one fair just inside the line on the right field line. Oh, the ball boy thought it was foul. He picked it up and threw it into the stands. Oh, Bubba, no. That's a tough job, though. Oh, Jimmy, why'd you do it? That's tough. That poor kid. It looked. It, he thought it was foul, and he was just doing his job. Nonchalantly picked up that ball. He was giving his souvenir. He go another, toss to the fans. To another go, fan kid? in the stands. Another kid who was maybe at his first game or their, her first game. You never know. Tossing a ball that was fair. Freddie Freeman stayed on second base, got the double. I mean, the Dodgers were in control of the game. It doesn't matter. But that's a tough job. I don't think that gets talked enough for sure right. about and their kids. And they're he's right. what, like twelve? You gotta watch the ump. You gotta watch the ump, dude. Debbie, it moves so fast though. Yeah, I suppose. He's in the zone. He's focusing on that ball. <laughs> he doesn't want to get embarrassed on TV and he fielded over his it really feet. nicely. Right. right. No air. <laughs> squared his feet up. Oh, Shoulders man. were squared. That's too bad. But it wasn't consequential, right? In the no, game. So it was fine. All good for the kids. Seven nineteen in Wisconsin's morning news. on Wisconsin's Morning News. World Suicide Prevention Day is Sunday, and suicide something that nobody thinks is relevant to them or to people that they care about until it becomes shockingly relevant, often tragically so, right? So I was moved by some reporting recently by one of the best over at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, John Dietrich, fellow Tosa East grad, known John almost my whole life, and his reporting showed that our state with a record number of deaths by suicide in 2022 and a record number of those deaths by firearm, 530. John's in-depth piece focuses on the responsibility that gun store owners are taking to try to prevent this. I want to share some of our thoughtful conversation about that. The backdrop is uh, suicide is up and gun uh, suicides uh, are up in in this uh, period of time. And so what's happened is a grassroots effort that started here in Wisconsin about seven years ago where where, uh, gun uh, uh, clerks have been trained. Uh, We now have about 40 uh, gun stores in the state that are doing this. They're training to be on the lookout for uh, signs of suicide, and uh, and they'll deny a sale uh, based on that, people asking for uh, really just any kind of gun or a small amount of ammunition or, or so forth. Um, the other part of this program, so that's been going on for a while, and it's actually part of a grassroots movement among gun shops and the gun-owning community nationwide, uh, but there's also an aspect to this program where 
um, the gun stores will take in firearms. So this is a voluntary program where somebody, family member, somebody will identify that a gun owner is at some risk of harming themselves uh, with a firearm. They're in a crisis, and they want a place to keep that firearm temporarily, and they can bring that firearm to a gun store, 40 of them in Wisconsin, and keep them there. There's no government involvement. There's no police involvement and so forth. Um, and it's a, it's a way that gun store owners uh, really feel like they're reaching out and protecting and looking out for their community and you know being a part of the solution to this issue of gun suicide. Talking with John Dietrich of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. John, I know it's impossible to know for sure, but I know some of the folks that you talked with, some of these gun store owners say they do believe that they have had an impact and probably saved lives. Yeah, that's right. It, it is hard to say. and But when you think about somebody who takes that decision to come in, and we know that's not going to be everybody. It, it might even be a small minority. But each one of those cases where somebody feels like they want to separate from th- their firearm in this period of time, that that saves lives. John, I know folks probably who are gun aficionados often feel vilified in the media when we talk about gun control or we talk about the the consequences of gun ownership and people who use them for nefarious purposes or to take their own lives. I imagine uh, that they were at least glad that that this part of what they do uh, was being shared. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that there has been a narrative that is, um, you know, been repeated and there's a lot of hard, 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 and uh, loss that has has happened as a result of the uh, the, the misuse of firearms, um, whether uh, against the, the the person themselves or against somebody else. And yet, when I talked to people, I stepped into a space where um, I, I I didn't come in with this agenda of hey, here's what needs to happen, or kind of get away from some of the talking points and just meet people where they're at, sort of uh, see their humanity first. And I don't know. I mean, that, that sounds kind of you know touchy feely. I don't know. It's just where I was led to to go in this, and I really feel. Like we had people, I mean, I've talked to dozens of gun owners and gun store owners through this uh, reporting, which which is continuing. And I just really have found that people have been very genuine and open to share. Hey, thank you for looking into this aspect. And I've also heard from non-gun owners who really appreciated the highlighting of a possible solution, you know, to a very difficult uh, issue. So if you didn't see it again, that's John Dietrich, his reporting in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The headline of his work is a record 530 people died by fire. Firearm suicide in Wisconsin last year. These gun stores hope to change that. World Suicide Prevention Day is on Sunday. Seven thirty-six on Wisconsin's morning news. Choreographer Sarah Francis Jones wasn't due to have her baby for another week, so she was like, "Hey." I think this Beyonce concert will be okay to go okay. to with her Wait husband. A minute. Now, you've been three times over deeply pregnant. Yes, and you I go have to, gone to shows deeply pregnant. Like a not, week out? Not a week out, like eight months. My best friend and I were both pregnant at the same time, and we went to a concert, and we were getting some looks. Like, what is up with these <laughs> Good ladies? Good for you, warriors. Nice job. <laughs> How'd that work out here? So, yeah, she dancing, having a good time with her husband. She's all dolled up in her silver maternity dress, and she's got a crown on and everything, and she's ready to have a good time. Then the contractions start. No. So she thinks maybe these are the Braxton Hicks contractions. You know, the ones that are false labor, your body kind of getting ready to have your baby. No, they continued. 
on and on. And meanwhile, they're documenting all of this on social media. So she's like taking a break, sitting down, having to, you know, rest for a little bit. <laughs> then she's up and dancing and then she has to rest. Well, they stayed for the whole entire concert. <laughs> Babies can take a while to come. They can. I was in labor for 26 hours, my first child. Oh. So, But I don't know that I would be comfortable in a venue full of people, not knowing how quickly I could get to a hospital Yeah. in this situation. But and then when the water breaks? Well, oof. I don't know that... Yeah, if the water breaks, you got to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I think she just had the contractions, though. So okay. then they did after the concert. They went to the hospital a few hours later. Their baby girl, Nola, was born. Nola? Why not but Beyonce? Like Beyonce, well, Beyonce well, not Queen? They haven't chosen a middle name, and they are open to something Beyonce-like. Yeah, of course. Got to. Yes. That's a great story to tell the kid. Rocking out <laughs> to the very last minute. Then you came. News report sponsored by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Seven forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news. A chance to meet your pops yesterday, Brandon. I heard. So I was out at uh, awesome Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Waukesha. The Waukesha location celebrating fifty years of Blaine's Farm and Fleet in that community. Had some remotes and some call-ins during Stephen Sandy's show, and uh, among those stopping by to say hello was Brandon's dad. What timing, huh? I didn't even know he went to that farm and fleet. He usually goes to the one in Oak Creek. Uh, so he seemed pretty comfortable there. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed to know his way around. He seemed ready. <laughs> he was ready to go. <laughs> also met Bob from Waukesha. I love when we meet people that text the show. Bob, you probably, if you if you listen to the show, Bob frequently texts. He'll call in. He's a Vietnam vet, former law enforcement officer, so we get his perspective on a number of different things. But he came by to say hello. A lot of other folks. All good, Michelle. Bob, wearing the, he wearing the fine. bear's hat. Yeah, and he wanted to make sure that was known. I figured that. Like, he's otherwise a good guy, but... He is. Yeah, <laughs> not Sunday. He's not. Love you, Bob. <laughs> Speaking of which, we got Brewers President of Business Operations. Rick, 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 Rick! Rick Schlesinger joining us live next. Brewers 360 is sponsored by Holiday Automotive. Brewers President of Business Operations. Rick Schlesinger is live on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Rick, 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 Rick! Morning, Rick. Good morning, Vinny. Hey, look, we got a lot of baseball left here in September, yes, but the postseason push is on. Fans are optimistic. Time to start checking the standings every day. It's okay to do that in September now. So thinking about October baseball at American Family Field, who can buy postseason tickets right now? Right now, we are offering fans who are not existing season seat holders a chance to get uh, postseason tickets by putting a deposit on a season ticket plan for 2024. So depending on the type of plan you put down, that'll determine how many games you're eligible to purchase for the 2023 postseason. So a full-season plan will get you an opportunity to buy all the tickets, including World Series, for a 20-game plan and get you tickets to the LCS. So uh, obviously all of our season seat holders now are are able to buy tickets and secure reservations for postseason. And this is a chance for folks who aren't season ticket holders to step up and uh, get an opportunity to buy. When do you anticipate, Rick, uh, tickets going on sale for the general public then outside of the packages? Yeah, we'll have that opportunity later in September uh, once we get through all these pre-sales and uh, secure all the tickets for those folks who are season seat holders or are going to become season seat holders. Rick, it's fun to talk about the playoffs, and, and I'm a big Brewers fan. I'm excited about the playoffs, but we got to talk about this fan appreciation night next Saturday, September 16th. I mean... The giveaways, the surprises, can you talk to me a little bit about what you guys got going on for fan appreciation night there at American Family Field? 
Yeah, it's a big weekend. So Friday the 15th, it's buy one, get one free at Motor Light Beers when gates open through 730. And then Saturday night, we've got car giveaway. We've got uh, sweet giveaways, autographed items, vouchers for tickets for 2024. A lot of fun prizes and game used items. So it's, you know, it's a great way to celebrate what has been a, a great season so far and hopefully a very successful push to the postseason. So uh, a lot of fun for the ballpark next weekend. And also it's William Contreras bobblehead night on Saturday, the 16th. So uh, expecting great crowds and a lot of fun. You absolutely love that guy. If there's an off-season acquisition that has worked out better in the history of the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm struggling to think of what it might be. Yeah, he's he's been tremendous both, you know, offensively, defensively in the clubhouse. Um, really settling into that number two slot. And, uh, you know, it's it's great to have a catcher uh, who's young and who's really talented and who we have under control for a long time. So he's hopefully going to wear a Brewers uniform for many, many years. Hey, Rick, I feel like every time we get you every couple of weeks here, i got to get an update on what's happening with the stadium funding for American Family Field and all the machinations working their way through Madison and even here in Milwaukee. Any movement on that front? Yeah, last week I had a chance to go to Madison and I spoke with uh, a number of Democrats in the assembly, had a really good dialogue. They asked some really good, important questions. Uh, Hopefully I answered them correctly. I guess we'll find out. Um, But I do think that there is uh, certainly some legislative legislative activity that's going going on right now. And, uh, you know, we've been in contact with, you know, again, the Speaker's office, uh, the other branch of the legislature and the Senate and the governor's office, trying to get something um, planned for this fall. So, yeah, I'm optimistic we're going to see some activity this fall and then uh, some healthy debate. And, And again, I look forward to answering any questions that people have to get this passed. Rick, is it fair to say things have been hung up, or is this just the process? I mean, I think that sort of the narrative that we've been talking about is, well, this is stalled, or it's not moving, or it's not happening, or whatever. Or is this just sort of what has to happen? It is a lot of money, and we're talking about decades of the long-term future of the Brewers here. Yeah, once once this was not part of the state budget, we understood that this was going to take some time. And, and actually, we've been pretty pleased with the progress. There, there has been a high degree of focus uh, in all branches in Madison on coming together. We've had discussions locally with uh, you know people in Milwaukee and other folks in the region. So I have not been uh, discouraged or, or surprised about the timeline. In fact, um, it, it's clear to me that this is a high priority for everybody in Madison and, frankly, everybody that has a say in this, both locally and at the state capitol, are taking this very seriously, making this a priority. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with the timeline and Again, I'm optimistic something happens this this fall and, and we get going. I'm optimistic that you're optimistic. Thanks, my friend. Good to talk to you, Rick. <laughs> Thank you, Vinny. Brewers and Yankees once again tonight in New York and then the crew back home on Monday. Thanks, Rick! Idea man. Let's say James Lofton. Oh, that's correct. Okay, well, oh, man, that I was going to say that. <laughs> Innovative. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, that one was tailor-made for old T. And Packers Hall of Famer. And Scott already dropped off the line. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Scott's pissed. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning You. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Old Tea on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and by Kohler Services. Morning, Tausch. Good morning. Hey, man, I was saying this morning, 
The NFL kickoff last night, the Lions visiting the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. That is not the story <laughs> that I wanted to see play out. What I had drawn up is Detroit goes into Kansas City and discovers that, no, you weren't building something. You didn't have something going at the end of last season. You're the same old Lions, and you just go in there and got beat. Didn't look like what happened last night. Uh, no, they're not the same old Lions. And I think you know you have to build and you have to go through some tough times. And obviously Dan Campbell you know, did it the first year. And then last year, you know, starting one and six and what they were able to do. And I really think that last year's game – against Green Bay, not only did it keep the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs and send us home, I think it also gave that organization a ton of confidence that they're bad, that they're, they've built something that they could really continue to build on and have good success moving forward. And then uh, last night, obviously going in when you have a banner game, when the Kansas City Chiefs are putting up their Super Bowl uh, banner up on their stadium in a really tough environment on the biggest game, launching the season for Detroit to go in and not play well. Uh, they did not have a great game, but to be able to gut it out and find a way to win, that's not what Detroit Lions football has been for the last 50 or 60 years. So I think Packer fans take notice of that, that this is a tough, hard-nosed football team that's good up front, and it's going to be a monster challenge if uh, the Green Bay Packers are going to try to get back and win this division. So Tausch, as the Packers go into Chicago this weekend, one of the are we one of the or are we the Brandon youngest team in the National Football League? We are the youngest. The youngest. So uh, looking back to when you entered the league, Tausch, what is the biggest difference for these young guys when they come up that step, going from college to the NFL, and what they're going to experience here on that first Sunday for a lot of guys out on that NFL field? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to be nervy and everything else, but I think the biggest change is that. You know, when you're playing college and you're a good enough player to be drafted as a professional, um, it can be – you have to work hard, but it's – you're also talented and you can kind of get away with some things. You find out real quickly in the NFL that if you lose your focus or if you think that something's going to be easy or you don't have to put forth your max effort every play, you find out real early you're going to get embarrassed and you'll, you'll find out what it means to be a pro – uh, real fast if your focus isn't at an all-time high on every play. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that young players – and then do you have that mental fortitude to do that at that point in your career? Those are the things that I think you're always wondering about. And then it, bad things are going to happen. You're going to get blown up. You're going to miss a tackle. You're going to drop a pass. How do you react to that? Is that going to be a case where you go into a shell and don't overcome it? So you have all these questions. And, and by the way, the, the Packers as an organization have those same questions about how these guys are going to react to that. So that's why there's so many question marks, because these guys have not done it yet on a consistent level. And they have to prove not only to themselves and their teammates in the organization, they have to prove the whole thing to the league that they belong. And that's why we'll always hear people say, what was that moment that you knew that you belonged in the NFL? It's an important moment for every player because then you build off of it from there. How do you like us real quick? Are we good? Are you talking about you and the team? Or are you <laughs> yes. About the I want you to pack? tell me how you like me. <laughs> uh, I like you a lot. Vinny. Packers, Bears, game, how do we look? Your lawn game's got me. I think, the, uh, I think this is going to be one of those where, you know, from a, from a Packers standpoint, 
are we ready for primetime yet? I like our chances. I think it's a coin game. I, I really do. And I think the Bears, their motivation level is at an all-time high. And I hope that the Green Bay Packers is too because listening to everybody's comments, a lot of fire and brimstone coming out of Chicago. So you're going to get their best shot on Sunday. Thanks, Tosh. We'll talk again on Monday, my friend. Yeah.